I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend (laughs) that I don't right now. Hold it in. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bet you get 30, bet you get 20, 20, 20, bet you get 20, 20, bet you get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Real spoilers powered by ReviewSTL.com. Warning. The following film discussion will ruin the ending of any movie you haven't seen. Example. Bruce Willis is dead at the end of The Sixth Sense. See how I ruined it for you? Just like that. Here are a few more. Silent Breed is people! I am the father. Get it? Real spoilers. You've been warned. Broadcasting from an undisclosed location, this is Real Spoilers. Episode, uh, we'll call it an annual issue. We don't really have an episode for this one since it's going on the Patreon. Uh, So today, I'm actually... Lucky enough to be joined by Derek Gould. Uh, for those of us in St. Louis, you know that Derek Gould is the uh, one of the main guys that writes for the, the Post-Dispatch about the St. Louis Cardinals, uh, our local baseball team. But, side note, Derek is also kind of a huge comic nerd. Derek, uh, why don't you tell the guys and gals where they can find you on the internet? Hopefully not well. No, I'm <laughs> joking. Uh, on the, at stltoday.com is where all the work is. Uh, you know, that's the St. Louis Post-Dispatch website, so stltoday.com. Uh, then there's also Twitter, which is at dgould, um, D-G-O-O-L-D, which probably tells you about how long I've been on Twitter. And long then. Enough, long enough, I get it. Yeah, I think it's a decade now. You might be <laughs> actually talking to, oh yeah, sh- shortly after a decade. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, and then, uh, on Facebook as well, there's a page on Facebook. Um, for the blog that I've written since, uh, well, since 2005, actually, um, called Birdland. So it's a Derek Gould Birdland. Um, and you can find it there on Facebook. And that's a place where, uh, about spring training through the regular season, um, into the postseason, that place gets humming with, uh, comments and coverage and all types of stuff, some multimedia stuff, things like that. It's a, it's a fantastic read. Well, thanks. Like, I, I, yeah, it's, it's good stuff. Uh, just to get the Real Spoilers housekeeping stuff out of the way, don't forget to follow us on Facebook at Real Spoilers, Real with two E's. Also, same deal with Twitter. Uh, and then, so kind of what I wanted to do is, so I guess to give the folks a background, you actually moved into the house that was two houses down from where I grew up. Uh, and that's kind of how we met. Uh, my dad was friends with you, and uh, it became very apparent that uh, I was uh-huh. into comics and you were into comics. So I I feel like I wanted to kind of pick your brain a little bit about uh maybe the state of comics today where you 
where your love of comics kind of started, what you're reading, sure. kind of artists and writers that influenced you. And I think obviously we have to touch on uh, the passing of Stan Lee. So start start me off at the beginning. What's the what's the first comic book you read? The first comic book I read, boy, I'm not sure. Um, it probably would have been like that I read was probably an Archie comic. Okay. Maybe that my dad had lying around. Um, maybe uh, a Superman comic that my grandpa had lying around. Something along those lines. First comic I bought with my own money. Um, I remember where I was, how old I was, uh, <laughs> South Boulder Road in Lafayette, right across the street from lovely Centaurus High School, Go Warriors. Okay. I bought Amazing Spider-Man 270, which is, for those who don't know the cover right off the top of their head, it's Spider-Man in his black costume, and he yep. is wailing away on Fire Lord. Uh, Very good. That, that is, yes, yeah. And uh, I bought that comic. It was less than a dollar. Um, it was, uh, yeah, it was 65 cents. Um, and, uh, so less than a dollar, even with tax. And, um, I bought that. I read it that day. I read it again that day. I read it again that day. And I said, you know what? I am going to buy a comic a day for 30 days. Is that, a, is that real? Um, yeah, that's real. I, uh, and you did, did you do it? I don't know if I did. I got pretty close. I think I think long about day twenty one, <laughs> it dawned on me that another Spider Man wasn't coming out. Oh sure, that sure. That this was a monthly thing, and so um, so I, you know I bought Captain America, but I did put away change, you know. So I had uh, stacks of change, and here's where the worlds collide. Yeah, is I would keep stacks of change to buy newspapers. Um, ah, books, and. Uh, so um, I would get uh, the box scores every morning for baseball, okay. and I would go to the single copy box and buy uh, um, buy buy whatever newspaper I could afford. So I had change, and uh, and and I just kind of rediverted. So instead of getting two newspapers in the morning, I would get one, and then I would <laughs> um, you know save up the change or save up the dollars, and I would go get a Slurpee and a comic book at Seven Eleven. Do you remember the name of your shop, the comic book shop that was like your go to growing up? Yeah. Okay. So, um, when I the where I bought that comic was not a comic shop. It was kind of a Hallmark slash Gifty slash Crafties place that happened to have a comic book rack. Those which don't exist anymore, unfortunately. Which don't. Yeah. And yeah. then Seven Eleven, were right across, not too far, right across the railroad tracks from the middle school I went to, had uh, Slurpees, of course, and a comic book rack. Okay. And then the grocery store, um, and this was the big coup. The grocery store that we all went to, that my parents went to, had comics in their magazines. Oh. So, so like, for example, like the Punisher limited series with the Mike Zek covers. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. His, his first kind of, uh, first series, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. With Jigsaw yeah. and the amazing art in that and the, and the weird numbering where it said number one of a four issue limited series. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Number two of a five, number yeah. three of a five. Number They're like, oh, this is really popular. We should just try to extend this to an actual yeah. series. Yeah, and then they had number four of a four and number five <laughs> of a five, which was fascinating. But those I all bought, the, all of those I bought off the rack at the uh, at the supermarket. Okay. Uh, and then you know my my same with uh, same with the last hunt, Craven's last hunt. Oh, what a fa- no, that that is that's one of those books that I came into later mm-hmm. uh, because I was a DC kid forever and marvel was just like my buddy read marvel and i was like Ugh, no thank you yeah yeah uh but yeah as i got older i was like oh this is kind of for older kids like marvel to me was always like that step up 
in storytelling. Not yeah. to, you know, downplay the DC stuff, but no, I you know, get that. You like the death of Gwen Stacy or uh you know, the Dark Phoenix saga, like those big stories weren't really being told at DC probably until the eighties. Yeah. When you got the Frank Miller and the Alan Moores that showed up. Yeah. yeah. So growing up I was always I was a Superman. Like I even to this day, like you put that I've said before, you put that red and yellow S on a cover, like I'm buying the book. Like Really? Just, yeah, always it doesn't matter. So I, I was the opposite. Oh, okay, you go put on. The red and yellow S on it, I was not <laughs> buying. It's it's yeah. it was tough, like as a as a reader, I don't know, I've been reading since I was a a kid. When they made him blue. Yeah. And I was like, Ugh, no, I'm done. And then they brought him back, and I was like, Alright, I'm back and then they rebooted the whole thing, and I was like, Ugh. I guess I'm sticking through this and seeing what happens. And now yeah. I get Brian Bendis on a Superman book. So I feel Congratulations. like... Congratulations. Thank you very much. It was, uh, you know, it was touch and go there for a little bit. It was uh, yeah. it was tough as a Superman fan. Yeah, Spider-Man's like that for me. I mean, I uh, so I bought that issue, Amazing Spider-Man 270. I have had it hanging in my office and framed for a long time. Um, along, you know, just because that, that issue meant a lot to me. And I bought sure. every, I brought every Amazing Spider-Man sense. Um, so you stuck through the clone saga and yeah, everything. except for, except for a one year, um, period, maybe one and a half year when I got out of college and was trying to, you know, start my career and try to grow up. Um, and also <laughs> did, didn't, cause you asked, you know, did I have a comic shop? Um, yeah, I did eventually, uh, cause you know, you could buy ma- uh, comics and you probably saw them here, but there would be the advertisements for mile high comics. The world Absolutely. Of, yeah. Uh, I grew up 20 minutes from there, 20 minute drive. May have most. Um, however, didn't get to go there until I got a car. The <laughs> comic shop that I did go to go to, which is still awesome, um, is Time Warp in Boulder. And it was okay. on Pearl Street. And every month they would have comic auctions. And Ooh. if you went and got your file, they had a pull file back then. I mean, look, this is, this is so long ago that I bought Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number two off the rack do you still have it i'm one i do yeah away. Uh, there we go um off the rack there because they said that hey, man the first one sold out so fast maybe that's something you'd be interested in and i think i got like the third or fourth printing of number one okay um but you Which know it's still hard to come by those aren't easy no they're not to get a hold of no but wayne is the guy who ran time warp and uh, wayne still runs time warp it's not on pearl street but it's still in boulder it's on 28th street um, I encourage anybody listening who can to go there and say hello to Wayne. Um, he probably, he, it's funny when I go in now cause I'll take in my son. Okay. Um, when we go visit Colorado and my son looks like me at the age I started going there. So there's like a glimmer of recognition. It's a legit time warp. It is a legit time <laughs> warp. Uh, but I always say hi to Wayne and he's like, who the heck is this guy? Right on, right on. <laughs> this is great. This kid looks kind of familiar, but I don't really yeah. recognize the other guy. But during the auction, um, you got a discount on your pull. If you had a pull and you came in during the auction, um, I don't remember what the discount was, but you got a discount. Um, and my dad was cool with that. He, uh, he I bet that he was. was. A really yeah. cool thing. <laughs> so I, once a month I could go in and, uh, if I saved up my allowance, we would go in during the auction and, um, by my, by my pull file. And then it's weird to think about that. Like I have, so I've kind of started to make the jump to digital a little bit, mm. uh, because I have so many comics that it's, it's, it's a little ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, I, me too. Yeah. So it's, it's just interesting that 
there is this whole generation, probably the generation after mine, that may not know, like, going in, you know, my, so I, I go to a shop here in town, um, for the most part, but, like, there's a whole, like, it was like a, it was a weekly thing, like, it was a, a ritual to, you know, mm-hmm. you, you hook up with your buddies, you take five bucks, you go down to the comic shop, and you see what you can get, uh, and I just think, I, I find it interesting that that ritual is kind of disappearing, yeah, it meant, yeah, that ritual meant a lot to me when I moved to St. Louis, to be honest. Um, you know, I moved to St. Louis uh, to work for the Post-Dispatch. Um, my wife was from St. Louis. I'm not, as probably can deduce, from St. <laughs> Louis. Um, and, uh, and it was tough. Um, you know, I, my wife uh, had to finish her job where we were, which was Colorado. So we were leaving Colorado, my home to come to her home sure. and we were leaving the newspaper that I grew up reading and I was working for in a dream job to come here for somewhat of an unknown. Um, and, and you went straight to the post. I, I did. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's what brought me here. That was part of the gig. Okay. Um, but it was, you know, to cover the blues and I just didn't, that's how I met your dad. Sure. Uh, and I, uh, I, you know, I didn't quite have much footing here. I had some college friends of course here, but I, I, but I'd always, always kind of been satellite to St. Louis. And now here I was living in St. Louis. And one of the things I did was I'm like, you know what? I, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to get back into comic books. I've always found warmth there. I've always yeah. enjoyed reading them. Um, I enjoy the culture of a comic shop. Um, I said, I'm going to find one. And I, I happen to have one that wasn't too far from where we lived. Which and was? so Star Clipper, okay. the original okay. location. Uh, my, mine is Star Clipper now. Oh, okay. The yeah, the Star original Clipper, location yeah. of Star Clipper, which was off of uh, Forest Park. Sure. I don't know if you remember that before it moved oh, to Delmar. No, so I only knew it in Delmar. Yeah, no, no. This is see, this is how long ago it is for me. <laughs> I mean, it was just a hole in the wall off of uh, off of Forest Park Parkway. Okay. Um, there okay. was a print shop and then a Domino's Pizza and a hair salon. And well, what uh, more could you want next to a comic shop? Really? Yeah, I didn't visit the other ones. Um, <laughs> you know, maybe I sh- should have. I guess. Um, maybe pizza every so often, but not that um, Domino's was gross back then. You didn't want that. I don't really, I don't really agree with that statement. Oh, bold, bold pizza statement. I like yeah. it. You liked the old Domino's, huh? Yeah, I was all right with it. All right, that's that's weird. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> all right. Um, the I don't like it now. Like I'm not asking like them to deliver old pieces. Of you pizza. don't, you don't want new Coke brought to your house, is what you're saying? Oh, I wouldn't mind some new Coke. What is happening right now? That would not be. That would be. I mean, you you know, Seven Up Gold. Are you too young? No, Seven I, I remember Gold? Pepsi Clear. Does that count? Yeah, Crystal Pepsi is what it's yeah, called. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Get it straight, man. <laughs> <You're sorry>. <laughs> no, <laughs> no been... one insults Crystal Pepsi. I'm sorry. Life. I apologize. Do you remember that ad? Do you remember the ad for Crystal Clear Pepsi? Uh, I I don't. With Wait. Sammy Hagar, with right, where they, they would play right now. Oh yeah, it was yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, super yeah. slow mo of them pouring crystal clear Pepsi into a, you know, like the the choice of a new generation. I was like, I don't yeah. think that's anybody's choice, but we'll drink it. Like if yeah, you say it's, it's all right, it's Sammy. And in St. Louis, if you have Sammy Hagar as your front man, like yeah, that's gonna be a thing that's gonna happen. Yeah. See. Okay. So that was part of it. Was St. Louis was. I mean, you know, St. Louis. Uh, you know, I I had no answer for the questions that they would ask me. What like, high school what did you high, go to? <laughs> what high school I went to? If I go to, if I said Centaurus. I got a lot of quizzical looks. So you said that, and I was like, where is that? I don't even know where that is. Yeah, no one could figure that out. <laughs> and so anyway, so yeah, I got into the, I found a comic shop. I got into the ritual, ritual of going once a week. It became a really nice little refuge and uh, made friends through it. And, 
got to know people um, as a result of it. You know, my son, when he was, uh, you know, I mean, still, still an infant, sure. would go to the comic shop on my shoulder, drooling on my shoulder. My um, daughter was after, the same way. And now walks to the comic shop on his own. So. Is he a reader? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, what's his favorite? What's his favorite title? Oh, or uh, character, either or. Um, he is, uh, well, you know what? He is graduated. He, he was of the Deadpool generation. Ugh. So, well, no, let me finish. Fair enough. Uh, okay. <laughs> he, uh, he's of the, you know, the adults find Deadpool funny. I want to like Deadpool too. Okay. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes, and, it does. Yes. Uh, and so through Deadpool, he's become fascinated with Cable. Okay. And, like I, I, Cable was like in my wheelhouse. Like, yeah, I'm a I'm a nine eight late nine late eighties early nineties kid, so I get like the lots of pockets, lots of pockets and belts and uh you know no feet because yeah. you know some people don't like to draw feet, uh, right. right? But yeah, so I get that. I totally get that. So he's into cable. He really digs, and it's really good. The Darth Vader series, it's fantastic, right? It's really strong. That uh, is that that's, that's Charles Soule and Giuseppe Camicoli. Yep, yep, it's fantastic, I so yeah. good. Yeah, he has uh he has monopolized that. I don't see that anymore. Um he he also um likes like some of the Teen Titans titles. Uh, I gave up. Yeah, he I was on it until wow. uh the Jeff Johns run. I was with it. I thought yep. that was fantastic. Uh and then the once they got rid of like Tim, Tim Drake, the Robin and Connor, the Superboy, like that core group, I quit. Like when this they is added a conversation David. you should have with him. I oh am. really? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Okay, don't know. so they had they Robin, Superboy, Wonder Girl, Kid Flash, right? Like okay. those are your and then they they sprinkled in the original Cyborg, Starfire, and Beast Boy, right? So you've got like the new generation mixed with the old generation. Okay. And it was great. And then they rebooted the whole universe, and they added Damien, who I think is a unless Grant Morrison is writing the character, nobody else should write him because it's terrible. Yeah, and I, and then like I aged out of the Teen Titans. Yeah, yeah, he's but he's, he's yeah he's right he's right there. Right, yeah, right. he's right in it, and uh, you know, and he he latches onto some things. You know, like I thought he'd like Black Badge. Um, you know, oh, okay. he's he's waded into that a little bit. Um, you know, and he's he has. Um, I'll, I'll tell you what he had what he did read. Um, he pulled up a box of my GI Joe comics the from Larry my Hamma stuff. The Larry Ham. Ooh. Yeah, um, and that run in Marvel, and he has been reading those. That's uh, a good run. That's a really good run. It's incredible. Yeah, um, there are some incredible stories in there. That does not get talked about enough because I feel like GI Joe is kind of—I don't want to say disappeared, but it's it's there's a generational gap. Yeah, like that GI Joes and like the Marvel, like the you remember the old uh, like Secret Wars figures. Uh huh. Yeah. So like those and the superpowers figures, like that, you know, those were my those were my jam. Yeah. So like once those kind of went away, I feel like the GI Joes stopped coming out as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, made... they still come out every so often. Or Do they that... had a they had a revival. Okay. Um, of the original like not too long ago. Little ones or the big ones? No, of the three and three quarter. Inch. Yeah, that's the way to do it. That's yeah, with the articulated kung fu grip, man. Absolutely. <laughs> um, they had those, and my son was just old enough to appreciate them and i and i also had some that like 
like uh, I would give to them at Christmas and stuff like that from when I was a kid. Different from uh, comics or figures? Figures, figures. Okay, okay, yeah, that was, you know, growing up in that house, my dad, it would drive him crazy because I never had like the, uh, like case to put them in. You know, you could put the figures in the individual little slots. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yep. So they were just everywhere. Uh, so my dad tells a horror story. He's like, you know, when I was a kid, I left my comic books everywhere. And my mother said, if you don't clean these up, I'm going to throw them away. Well, what didn't he do? Didn't clean them up. So she threw them uh, away. Would yeah. you care to know what was inside that collection? Oh, I'm sure some great ones. Yeah. Uh, Fantastic Four, number one. Wow. Uh, The Incredible Hulk, number one. That's a good uh, Amazing Fantasy 15 existed in that collection i'd like that one yeah, yeah me too i think that we i think i have a reprint somewhere which is close as i'm gonna get yeah. uh but yeah like that's i find that funny <laughs> my dad was just like either you clean these up or you throw them or i'm throwing them away and i was like well he might just do it so yeah. i should probably yeah. get these off the floor yeah 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 we we have the same similar conversations <laughs> right. yeah. yeah so obviously i, I don't want to step out of line but I, I am assuming you're a spider-man guy that's your dude yeah through and through Yep. Who who on that book, like if you could create a dream team of past or current creators, who on who would you put on a an amazing Spider-Man book? Uh, that's a great question. Um, I, I I'm gonna somewhat cop out because okay. I have appreciated the variety that that book has brought. Sure. Um, especially like I mean, you look just recently, right? Like Dan Slott ran it forever. Can I can I can I then say that he ran it a little bit too long? I think he did. I yeah. mean, yeah, I think, I think, I wonder if he would even say that. Um, <laughs> you know. Judging by how he reacts to people on Twitter, he might not. Oh. He might defend it to his dying breath. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, there needs to be some self-realization, too, that goes into being a writer. Not I that agree. I know anything about that. No, you'd have no idea. You know, I like what Nick Spencer has done. Um, and I, I think like, like Nick Spencer's run, doesn't have the same buoyancy so far ha, does it not come if it didn't come after dan slot does that make oh, sense sure yes it does. so like yes, yes. the variety of writing really is is important um i think you know i mean art wise art wise it's far easier for me um it uh i my my favorite um my favorite this is tough it is <laughs> so john romita jr i think is amazing yeah. And I think I like the family connection to the title. I like, uh, you know, all that, uh, you know, just the whole history there. I really like how he came into his own when they kind of restarted Spider-Man. With the Straczynski run? Right. With the yeah. Straczynski run and he drew it. And that, that was probably the most rewarding run of writer artist combo. That got uh, me back into Spider-Man. Yeah. I was, yeah, I had, I had left. So it was, good. Was it John, did John Byrne reboot it? Was it that Spider-Man Chapter 1? Yes. That's when I quit. Like, I quit at the Clone Saga where they're like, oh, the Spider-Man that you thought was Spider-Man the whole time? Like, you're all of these stories that you've loved? That's not really Spider-Man. Yeah. Like, it's 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 a different guy. And then when they rebooted it, I was just, I, I had, I at that point, I was like, girls don't find comics cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, like, I quit. I never had that issue. So oh, right cool. on. Okay. <laughs> I didn't either. I just assumed... That once that opportunity came ab about, yeah. it wouldn't be cool to have comic books laying around the house or your room. See, I think the the edge that I had, and may, and I don't want to, may, I shouldn't assume this, but the edge that I had is I drew. 
Oh. And so I drew comics and okay. would not just comic books, but cartoons. And I would draw editorial cartoons and for a paper so, or just for fun? Uh, for any of it. For contests, okay. for newspapers. I, I, uh, my fondness for newspapers begins with my wish to start an elementary school newspaper at my elementary school so I could draw the cartoon for it of Prince the Cat. Is that your creation? That was my creation, Prince the Tra- Cat. Trademark Derek Gould. We're going to trademark it right now. Oh, yeah. Well, it didn't last sure. long. I grew up into it, but, but I drew cartoons, um, and, and I could, and I, I mean, I can still, I still draw. Um, I really enjoy drawing. Um, you just had you know, something put on a wall at a comic shop, didn't you? I did not draw that, though. Oh, okay. Jim Mosley okay. drew that. Okay. Um, and Jim Mosley also drew the comic that I wrote. Um, ah. But, but I, uh, but every so often I'll, I'll draw, like my son has drawings that I did for him up on, up in his, um, room and, um, I'm trying to think. I've, I've drew cartoons for, for different things. Um, you know, like, uh, like when I was an intern at the Palm Beach Post, I drew a Sunday cartoon for the sports section. Just like a little, like one, one panel thing? One panel thing, yeah. Okay. And in college, I had a long running strip at the student newspaper. Um, I, I drew editorial cartoons and then I did, uh, 120 some strips for the student newspaper. Oh, wow. So, um, yeah, and that was to make money. Um, but, sure, sure. But that, but that was an edge I always had. Because that was who I was, right? Like, right. as much as I wore a baseball cap around and as much as I, uh, you know, whatever, whatever things people thought of me, playing baseball, swimming, wearing a baseball cap, um, part of who I was was drawing cartoons. Sure. And sure. so, um, if they got a kick out of me being able to do their caricature or me slipping them into a, a cartoon, um, you know, whether it was, in high school or in college, they knew that that, that was me. Right. So, right. um, so comic books were kind of part of the package, just like say, I mean, I have, I have Doonesbury books and Bloom County books, um, because those were, those were my favorite comics. I was a Calvin and Hobbes kid. Like Calvin to this and day. Hobbes. Yeah. Calvin and Hobbes is special. It's, I, you know, that's, that's one of those things that I'm surprised hasn't popped back up. Like as a oh, cartoon or, oh, I mean like as a movie or. Well, it's uh, not allowed to. He won't do it. At all? You know, he won't do any licensing. Interesting. It's like a huge thing is that that's why there aren't Calvin and Hobbes stuffed animals. So he like, just has why everything have you locked down. never seen a Hobbes stuffed animal. Yeah, he won't do the licensing for it. Did he ever give a reason as to why? It's his creations. You license, you lose control. Oh, that makes sense. You know, and that's his world. And I mean, you kind of respect that. I, I, uh, um, you know, I would read Calvin and Hobbes to my son when he was little. Yeah. And we would, you know, do the voices and he can still <laughs> recreate them. And, uh, um, you know, like he, he, uh, he's still Calvin and Hobbes is still like he, he in, created a baseball player on MLB the show named Calvin Hobbes. That's, that's, that's so great because it's, it's doubles, right? Oh, yeah. It's like he hit, he hit two of them. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's good Roy stuff. Hobbs and, Roy Hobbs, right. Yeah, yeah. From the natural yeah. for you new guys. That yeah, this is a movie about. podcast. Right, yeah. See, there, we talked about movies. There, yeah. we got no. that out of the way. Here's a spoiler. It was a book first. Oh, my gosh. Don't tell them that. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's the, people don't want to hear that. But, uh, so yeah, so comics were part of the thing. Um, let's see. So you're asking. So um, then the other is Todd McFarlane, as far as artists go. 
Todd McFarlane forever changed how people draw Spider-Man. And I think how, how people draw. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. I, I think, uh, yeah, that's fair. Um, I, th- I think it's particularly, um, you know, abundant with, uh, with Spider-Man. I mean, you yes. look at like the clean lines and everything like that. And then, I mean, I don't want to say that like he completely, I think, I think was on the brink. Like you read Spider-Man, like, like as of the Fire Lord run that I first got up yeah. through, there's a cleanness and everything like that, but there's still this like, agility and liveness to Spider-Man that was already on the brink. Yeah. And then Todd McFarlane just shoved it over the edge. Yeah. And I, I hated spaghetti. McFarlane. You hate McFarlane? I, no, no, no. I hated as oh. a kid because he didn't look like the Spider-Man that I knew. He didn't look like the, the Ditko Spider-Man. He didn't, you know, yeah. he had like, he had the webs under it. Well, he had the big eyes and he had like his, his ankle up over his head and the spider webs were all messy Yep. And I was just like, I don't like it. And then looking back, I was like, you're, you were a dumb kid. Like, what were you thinking? Because uh, you're right. He did. He changed. I mean, I, I think the closest we've got to McFarlane, in my opinion, is Otley. I think Otley has the Ryan Otley, who's doing the current art on the book. Yeah. Uh, has a style, he, which is one of the best, best runs of a comic. Absolutely. Ever. Ever. Absolutely, it's not. It's it, there's no question. No, it's. No I, I'm excited to see one of the mix. best one through endings ever. And I, I was lucky enough to to do that. That was one of my monthly comics from the get go. I go, I jumped on after Corey Walker had left. Oh, okay. So like issue nine or ten, maybe. Yeah. And yeah. then I went back and uh, it's funny. I I met Robert Kirkman years oh, ago. Oh, good. Yeah. And yeah. I had a I had a copy of. You know, you're standing in line at San Diego, which is just a, a cluster in itself. I don't know. Nope, never been. Oh, don't. You know what? Do it once. Just to say that you saw it. Because yeah. it's it's insane. Uh, so you're standing in line, and they're like, only you can only have two items signed by. So it was McFarlane and uh, Kirkman. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're like, you can only have two items signed by Robert Kirkman. I was like, okay. So I've got a Walking Dead number one, and I've got an Invincible number one. So I set them down, and he was like, where did you get these? And I was like, I I bought them off the rack, and he was like, you should hold on to these. And I was like, yes, yeah, that's, that's the plan. So he signs them. And he's like, what else you got? And I was like, oh no, it's like it's all right. They have, you know, they said only two. He was he's like, fuck off them. I run this show. That's nice. So give me give me whatever you want. And I was like, oh okay. So then I go to McFarlane, mm-hmm. and I met Todd McFarlane when Tony Twist yeah was suing him yeah my I got a phone call. That said, you should come down to the courthouse because Todd McFarlane is here. So I grabbed my uh, ASM 300. I grabbed my Spawn number one and my Batman Spawn uh, one shot, and I took off to the courthouse. So he signs it. He was super nice. He was super gracious. When I go back and meet him, I was like, "Hey, I don't know if you, you know, like you meet people all the time. I'm sure. I'm like, I met you when I was a kid in St. Louis, and he was like." I've never been to St. Louis. And I was like, yeah. no, you were getting sued. And he was like, wait, were you the kid at the courthouse? And I was like, oh, I, I cool. was the kid at the courthouse. So he's laughing. He's, he talks to Kirkman. He was like, oh, I, I met this kid when he was, you know, when I was getting sued. And I was like, all right, I'm, thank you. I'm just going to walk away now. That's cool. That's a good story. Yeah, it was very cool. Yeah, it was. But yeah, like him, Kirkman already know. I think Walking Dead had already spiked at that point. Yeah. But Invincible hadn't yet. And there's an Invincible movie coming. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I didn't know that. Uh, I yeah. think there's a movie and a TV show. How that's going to work, I know that Seth 
uh, Rogan and Evan Goldberg are involved. Uh, the same okay. guys behind Preacher. Uh, so yeah, they, they've got a uh, they've got something in the works. But to go back to movies. Yeah, well, real quick. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I want to answer your question about the writers real quick. So oh. Todd McFarlane, John Romita Jr. by the artists and everything like that. Um, one quick question, then one answer for you. Do you know who wrote? You mentioned Amazing Spider-Man 300. Do you know who wrote it? David Micheline. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Well done. Come on, buddy. No, I, <laughs> I, I'm not sure if you'd ask me that, I could come up with it. Oh. Like, no, it's, I it's... always have to remind myself because you just think of it as the McFarlane run. Sure. But, and I'm gonna, three I'm issues gonna... in, by the way. That's three issues into his run that he yeah. creates that character. That's, right that's, that's, that's insane. Yep. Yeah. And now he it's... gets a really bad movie. So, you know. Well, that's right. a thing. That's a thing that happened. Wait, Venom, the movie? Not good. Oh, weird. Did not, um, not good at all. Should have been rated R. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, then J.M. Dematis. Am I pronouncing that right? Dematis, yeah. Dematis. Um, he, uh, I, I'd like for him to, you know, to, to his run with Spider-Man included The Last Hunt. Um, sure. And was really strong. And um, under some interesting conditions, too, because they were trying to use Amazing to prop up the other titles. So you, at that point, you had Spectacular? Yeah, PPSSM. Peter Parker, um, Spectacular Spider-Man, yep. Yeah, um, and Web of Spider-Man. Oh, okay, sure, sure, sure. And Web was excellent, um, I thought. Web is underrated. Yeah, I yeah, thought I Web was really excellent, especially when I went back um, m- many, many years ago. Um, so 2002, the summer of 2002. Okay. I... Uh, got done with the hockey season and flew back to Colorado um, just to have a week to unwind. Sure. And uh, went to um, this place called Colorado Coins and Comics. It was just kind of a, it's a comic book store um, that just had such a really eclectic collection. Sure. I'm not going to say complete, um, but it really tried. And uh, um, so I went there and I just, I bought like, runs like uh so they just had like complete runs stacked together yeah well they had them order um in order so you could go you know just like you would the long box and they had you know ppssm here is you know you could get number 80 through so i went back and got the ppssms that i didn't have that all featured the the black costume and then i went and got web for the ones that i didn't have as well okay and read those um during that week you know just Just plowed through them just plowed through them, yeah. and just you know, because you could get them for a buck. Some of them were a little bit, if they had, you know, first appearance or were significant, they were slightly more. But um, you know, you could get most of them for, if not cover price, close to cover price. And uh, yeah, you know, so I just I read those and I really enjoyed, you know, the 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 tone that they tried to set with Web of Spider Man, which now would seem out of place because it's the tone that you've had for years. With right, Spider-Man. right, right, right. So. It's. Did you ever read? Uh, what was the? It was a like an independent, almost an independent style. Spider Spider Man's Tangled Web. Yes. Which yeah. had some of the greatest one. Sh- what was the? It was yeah, the, yeah. the Rhino story. Yep. They had little was, short vignettes. Yeah, but it was yeah. by like independent. I say independent, but it was like non traditional comic book guys, like not not the big two. So like I think the the Rhino story had like Duncan Fergrito on huh. art. Um, yeah. I think there's some Jim Mafood stuff in there. There is. There's yeah. some Darwin Cook stuff in there. 
the, uh, happy, that, happy that birthday to the man. Yeah. Uh, today's his birthday. Uh, but yeah, they, they had, and they, my, the one that attract. You just called Darwin Cook the man? Darwin Cook is the man. Okay, well, Sam Musial was the man. All right, the comic book man. There's another man that we'll get to in a minute. In a minute, but Darwin Cook is the greatest, probably one of the greatest comic book artists uh, that nobody talks about. In my opinion, they don't talk about him enough. Okay. Um, he had a he had a style that was very similar to Chris Somney's. It yes. was very simple, but the DC New Frontier story that he drew so good is, I mean, top. I'm going to say top five DC stories of all time. Um, uh, changed my view of DC. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Because it wasn't about Superman or Batman who were in yep. the story. Don't get me wrong. But it's a Hal Jordan story and it's a yeah. Barry Allen story. Um, but yeah, like that was the that was the moment where I was like, if I see this guy's name on a book, like it's like I've bought the he did a series of Parker novels mm-hmm. uh, that are stunning. Absolutely stunning. Do you know who the Parker the, the Parker novels are? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So he did adaptations of the first four novels. Interesting. And they're like I'm not gonna say they're digest size, but they are smaller uh hardbacks. So he did the hunter, he did uh and then whatever the the man with the getaway face, and then there's two more. And I think that he was working on one, unfortunately, when he passed away. Hmm. That isn't gonna get put out. But they are, there's a, Mar- they did a martini edition that's like an absolute edition of all these stories. And if you want to drop some cash, I, that's the book to get. Because he wrote Ooh. and drew everything and they are phenomenal. That's, uh, a, that's fascinating. Okay. Yeah. But the, that Tangled Web book, the, uh, the story that got me in was the story by Scott Levy. Which okay. was the story about, uh, the crusher leading up to the fight with Spider-Man. The oh, the first oh, appearance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know yeah. who Scott yeah, Levy yeah. is? I don't. He's a he's a former wrestler by the name of Raven. So he he worked for the WWE. He worked for ECW. He worked for WCW. So everything in that story is legit. Like he's talking oh, about sense. the yeah, he's yeah. talking about the wrestling business. And I was just like, I Scott Levy. Why do I? Oh, it's That's Raven. Awesome. That's like Nick Foley who writes books. Yeah, yeah. And I love Mick Foley. Mick Foley is yep. fantastic. Yeah. Uh, okay. So moving on, the the MCU mm-hmm. has taken over the world. There is sure seems that way. There's no stopping. Like I feel like they could put out anything at this point, and they will turn it into gold. I uh, I would hesitate to say that. Okay. And I will offer you one reason, one word. Do it. Solo. Oh, as in like uh, the Star Wars movie. Yeah. Okay. So here's what I what I've come to kind of view, and you please push back, all right? Okay. Okay. But I thoroughly enjoyed Solo. I loved Solo, and it brought me back to what Star Wars was like that first time seeing it. Like, like I have not enjoyed a Star Wars movie that much since seeing what Empire Strikes Back at seven. Okay. You know, it just was so much. Fun. That's, and, that's the key word, right? That's the key word yeah. is fun. And that's exactly and what that movie was. My son, you know, like Rogue One, excellent movie. Really excellent movie. Yes. Um, a great heist film. Um, well told, well shot, well acted. I just, I, that's a good movie. Solo was a romp. Yeah. And Solo was a romp in the same, like, 
like Rogue One is Infinity War to put it in Marvel context. Rogue One is Infinity War or um you know just a really solid strong movie. Yeah. Solo is Ant-Man. Just a romp. Yeah. Just, that's just, a very that's a very good comparison. Yeah. Making it. And well, maybe they had a little bit too much fun. Well, okay, yeah, that's <laughs> But uh maybe they didn't have that much fun making it. Yeah, too. right, right. But um but that it came out. Yeah. And it, and yet was by a lot of measures a disappointment for, and it's now caused, you know, if you read the reports and everything like that, it's caused them to rethink the whole sending out, you know, individual stories and, you know, this plan for like solo trilogy. Now is that on the rocks? And I think that you know, it is. I think that's the deal. I think. Right. Exactly. Uh, and I, I have fandom is wonderful. Yeah. It can be fantastic. But then you get these fans who just refuse to change with the times, right? You know, like this whole the whole Comics Gate thing, uh, forcing these these actresses and actors off Twitter because this isn't exactly what you wanted. It's brutal. It's brutal. It's awful. You know, it's like unacceptable. it is. Yeah. It's absolutely unacceptable. Yeah. So getting that solo movie, and I, you know, like the the reports coming in. You know, I have to kind of keep up on that stuff because we have to do a, a show for it. So the reports coming in initially was like that it was it's terrible. Like it's the worst. Yeah. It's they were comparing it to the holiday special. Mm-hmm. And you walk out and you're just like, what are you talking about? Yeah. You know, yep. it took a little bit getting used to the kid. I say kid because he's probably younger than I am. But like and initially it, that took he took a little bit of getting used to. But I would say 25 to 30 minutes into the movie, like he had it. Oh yeah, no, was, you know, it was perfect. Yeah, I think pretty early on in that scene with the worm, he's like, "Oh, wait a minute, nope, he this that's Han Solo." Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, exactly. That's pretty exactly. well done. And uh, yeah, the thing that gets me is yeah, there was the the fan backlash. Um, though when my son and I went to see it, um, we we went to one of the early showings of it, and they had just had one right before. Okay. So people walked out. And one of the guys goes, you guys going in to see Solo? I said, yep. And he goes, it's the best Star Wars movie I've ever seen. See, that's the way to do it. That's and my son stuff. was like, wait, what? Because we were like, <laughs> we were braced for it just to be awful. And my, and it, like, I went in open minded. I'm a, I'm, I'm good with that. I, I go into some movies with trepidation. I go into some movies expecting the most and then just absolutely getting burnt. Sure. Um, but I, uh, uh, he, it changed my son's, thinking like he was going in expecting it to be just disappointment city and uh he's like how could somebody think all right well i need to give it a chance right and i adored it but it 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 had such lofty financial standards because it had the star wars brand right that maybe it was set up to fail in that regard interesting and that's how i bring up the the mcu is at some point in time and we might be arriving there we here could be in the near future in a few months, where oh no, which one? For Captain Marvel or months. yeah, Captain? Because uh, we have what Captain Marvel, yeah. Infinity War Part Two, and that's uh, it, right? No, then you have Far From Home. Is that this year or yeah. 2019 rather? 2019. Okay, yeah, it comes okay. about five minutes after Infinity War. Yeah, okay. Um, the uh, so let's say the next year and a half, you, there's gonna be one of these titles and it, i mean it could be captain marvel to be candid maybe i, I don't set, think it will be but i guess it's possible that's it, it set at such a financial 
threshold for a goal and the expectations are so high that if it doesn't meet those, that it's a disappointment. Meanwhile, it could be one of the highest grossing films of all time. Right. Like it, you know, like, you know, Solo did pretty well for a movie. Yeah, you know, it, it made it did. a lot of money. Yes. It turned a profit. So what, well, you know, I don't know. I just, it's because it carried the Star Wars brand, it was so, it, it could not even teeter a little bit. And I worried if Marvel was getting there. Because, you know, like Iron Man 3 teetered. It did. And that's a polarizing movie. I personally like it a lot. I'm a Shane, I'm a Shane Black nerd though. So that yeah. was like in my wheelhouse. But yeah. I get where people go into that movie and they, it says Iron Man 3 and the suit is in the movie for 20 minutes. Right. 15 And then know. there are, and then there are 30 of them. Yeah, right, right. And my buddy Kevin goes, he goes, well, I think we'll see her again wearing one come, uh, part two. Get excited. Get excited. No. So it's interesting, you know, that DC. That's not happening, is it? I can neither confirm nor deny. I know she's in it. So the rescue armor may make an appearance. So, so is the kid from Iron Man 3. Oh, is he? That kid was great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, did you like Iron Man 3 or no? I mean, I, I understood where it fit in the scheme of things. I okay. didn't like, I think I've seen it, I've seen it once. Okay. So it, it might be my least watched of. What's your least favorite? My least favorite? Of the MCU. Um, that's a great question. Well, I don't know. I'll have to give it some thought here. I think the one that usually gets thrown out the most is Thor 2. Yeah, I didn't mind that one. I, I actually it, went... It's a setup one. I like it. I actually went back and watched it here recently. Yeah. And, and enjoyed it more. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's got Doctor Who in it. So that's you're, true. Yeah. The, you're, the, 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 but your Shane the... Black is my Chris Eccleston. Oh, right? is that right? So yeah. you love oh, no, Gone I'm in 60 saying, Seconds. I'm just, no, I've never seen that movie. <laughs> he's the bad guy in that movie. Oh, he's also Destro. Is he really? Joe movies, yeah. In the, with the Joseph Gordon Levitt one? Yeah. Oh, okay. spoilers! Joseph Gordon-Levitt's Cobra Commander. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's 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 interesting that DC tried DC and Warner Brothers have tried to play catch up. Yeah, and have I just, have a strong theory about this. Have failed miserably. Yes, every step of the way. Yep. Uh, my friend Brian and I both have the, the discussion that Man of Steel is three fourths of a good movie, and then it completely it's the wrong coloring. It completely falls apart. Yep. Three fourths of a bad movie. You mean? No, no, it's oh. the wrong coloring. Yeah. Yeah, they I, they missed the boat entirely on what that character is. Yep, yep, uh, yep. You know, like the letting Jonathan Kent die isn't a thing that would ever have happened. Uh, destroying Metropolis because, you know, that looked cool. I had a real problem with that. Uh, I think a lot of people did because that's not who that character is, right? Like that character, it's, as soon as he goes through a building. not what those movies are about. No, it's about hope. Yeah. You know, like yeah. as soon as he goes through a building and he realizes I'm in trouble, to me, he takes that fight out of Metropolis. Yeah. As f- space back to the Kansas farm, wherever he can to avoid innocent people being squished in the, pro- in the, this fight. Right. And then BBS Antarctica. anywhere. Yeah, exactly. Back to the fortress. It doesn't matter. He would like the Superman that I know would never have put people in danger. Not on just purpose. the Superman that you know, every superhero that you know. Yeah, exactly. exactly. There, there isn't, like, that's, that is, that is what the MCU did that was genius, is they had repercussions. 
with the the with Se- Avengers. Sokovia Accords, Accords and things like that. Yeah, exactly. Everything. You know, I mean, even like you know, the, you have damage control at the start of Homecoming. Yeah. And how great was he by that, the way? Oh, amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, just to bring that, you know, to bring that in. And I mean, it had repercussions. You never saw that in any of the Superman movies. No. There weren't any, there weren't any repercussions. No, he, they were just like, well, I guess he's here. Yep. That's all we can do. But then uh, also, like, he never, he never even, he being, uh, Superman, just never tried. You know, like, he was yeah. always moping around. And, you know, like, you know, I like, I like the scene where he's bouncing from job to job. You know, like, there's that great Mark Wade, uh, Lionel U maxi series called Birthright. Where yeah, it's, it's, yeah, that's it's, a good one. It's him, it's Clark trying to figure out where he, what he's supposed to do. Right, right. You know, like, he's a amateur reporter where he's going to, like, I think he's in, uh, South Africa or Africa working with, um, uh, like a, a, a community leader who is, threatening the status quo of whatever wherever they are mm-hmm. and he's forced to become superman yeah and then we don't you know you don't see the the big red s until like three or four issues in right but you're but you but they build that character they they make you you know they make him uh love human life and want to protect it and not just throw general zod through six buildings and hope for the best yeah yeah may i offer up you know? my theory yeah on this okay so i think that uh I think there are two prongs to my theory. One is is pretty obvious. Is the Dark Knight trilogy by Christopher Nolan is the best and worst thing to ever happen to DC. You are preaching to the choir. All right. The other one is that the, the conscious decision that Marvel made at the very beginning of this, um, I find seminal. And also I find it very interesting because of what you and I, um, even though we're of different generations, what you and I both experienced when we were first buying our comics. And you brought it up at the very beginning. Like when you read Marvel, you, you mentioned that you thought you were re- like it was, this is for the older kids. This is yeah. the adults. Yeah. And when I read DC, I said, this doesn't exist in the real world. I have no interest in this. I Interesting. Don't, I, I, I don't know where, and I was just recently talking with a friend about this. Um, you know, Gotham to me was Chicago. Metropolis was New York, but that's, that's not right. I, Those that's aren't, the way I always felt it was too. Yeah, and I thought, well, Batman belongs in Chicago, but these aren't real places. Sure. And they, this is a this is a world that I transport into that I can't relate to, and I am not going to have the millions that Batman has. I'm not going to have. I'm <laughs> not going to be an alien from anything. But but there were attributes that I could. Um, appreciate in Marvel or that I could relate to. I could relate to Peter Parker. You know, the, the X-Men as the metaphor for the civil rights movement. Yeah. So strong and resonated so much with me because it allowed me to have something to talk with my mom about. And, you know, I just, so it, it, it was very much like you described. Like there was a grittiness and a griminess to the Marvel comics that had an adult tinge to it. it it was it was prestige comics that's what we would call it now right yeah it's exactly hbo right. yes. comics yeah okay. hbo comics yeah right so and then you know and and then and then dc was the tgi friday lineup right TGI. yeah it was the applebee's yeah that's right it was yeah. the applebee's okay yeah and when marvel made their movies they made a conscious effort to make the tone of the movies 
more like DC Comics. Yep. And when DC made the movies, they made a conscious effort, apparently, for no good reason, to make their movies the tone of Marvel Comics. It's like, it's like DC decided, you know, you know what's not out there? You know what people aren't doing enough? Frank Miller's Daredevil on the big screen. <laughs> That's what they're not doing. Let's do that. And and you know what? It worked for the Dark Knight trilogy. It worked for the Dark Knight trilogy, and that's, that's it. it. It worked for the for that moment in time with those actors, that director, and that character. It was a it was a it was a perfect storm. There is only one other comic character, in my opinion, that you could do that with, and he does not have the mainstream appeal to pull off a trilogy, and that's and that Daredevil. Be... If you, did... I think he does. I see. I think he. He might now. I think he does now. Yeah, he might now. But if you do back then, like you go, okay, we're going to do a, you go to the movie studio and say, we're going to do a three part series, a three, a trilogy in Hell's Kitchen. And it's going to be the arc of, you know, Daredevil against Kingpin. And eventually it's going to come out. I mean, if you, I mean, you could line it up with the Dark Knight trilogy. You could do a Daredevil trilogy with the same character arc. Um, they did it though. That's the problem. The right. show is that. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but but that's my point. Is like it doesn't. I'm not sure that it's you know on Netflix it works. I'm not sure yeah. you pack the movie house for a Daredevil. You pack the movie house for Batman. Sure, sure. And you pack the movie house for Batman versus Joker. Uh, yeah. So I that's my that's my little pet theory. I know that it's not revolutionary, but. That the DC went awry when it said, you know what, we need to make Marvel movies, and Marvel made the wise move to say we need to have some of DC's spirit in our movies. It's interesting. So we've said on the show that Marvel and Kevin Feige have figured out this formula to bring in these different genres of movies and mold them to the MCU, yeah. right? So you've got Iron Man. And we just like we need a he's a fast talking, quick witted guy. Who do we get that could do that? Oh, we get the guy that did swingers. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We we have a faux British uh superhero who talks in this with this uh different cadence. Who do we get to do that? Kenneth Brown. We get the guy that did Macbeth. Yeah. You know? We have a That's World War underrated II... movie, by the way. I agree. So the first Thor is very underrated. Yep. Uh the captain the we have a World War Two story. Who do we get that could do that on, you know, that's reasonable when we get the guy that did the rocketeer. Yeah. You know, like, so we, we, what character could we set in a John Hughes, uh, style thing? Um, Spider-Man, we could put Spider-Man in high school and make it a John Hughes movie, you know, and Captain America two is a, is like all the president's men where it's a conspiracy flick. That's so they've, yeah, yeah, that's the pinnacle to me. Uh, Captain America two is the best. That's the best they've done. In my opinion, Captain America is uh, that is that is a great movie. Yeah, and that's a great trilogy. All three. Of oh them. my gosh, that's the best of the that's the best run of their group. And now, and now I fear that it's in stone that it's the best of it. You know, there for a moment, Guardians of the Galaxy three could. Oh, that's not yeah, but it's not going to happen. I think if it happens, you know, James Gunn's a hometown guy. So yeah. I'm always rooting for him. I'm happy to see him go and jump into DC and maybe sticking it to him a little bit. Uh, obviously, the tweets were what they were from 10 years ago. Maybe his publicist should have said, you might want to delete those. Um, 
but I I don't think that movie needs to be put into anybody else's hands. The only one that comes even close is uh, is Taika Waititi. Oh yeah, he was yeah Ragnarok was excellent. Yeah, he's the only guy that I think could capture exactly what James Gunn did uh, for a third movie because I think there is a script. I, uh, I I'm not sure I agree. No, I think there's other folks out there. Um, like, well, gosh, now you put me on the spot. But here's a wacky <laughs> one. Um, the guy who did Scrubs, the actor from Scrubs who did Garden State. Yeah, Zach Braff. Yeah, Zach Braff. Do Garden okay. State Guardians of the Galaxy. You're okay. Yeah, I could see that. That would be interesting. Yeah, you do That's that. A good move. You do. You do all right. I, I think. You know, I think there's. I think somewhat of that is is a snowball rolling downhill already with Chris Pratt. Um, yeah. Sure. You know, and the mood and the music and the role that that plays in it. And, you know, and just the characters in general, I think some of it, the momentum is already there. So you just have to hop aboard. Right. Um, but I, but I, I think that there are skilled directors out there who we've seen who know how to tell a good story and embroider it with humor and music and, catch you sleeping on the plot and then it all it's hits it, you it's interesting as a non-st louis person that you identify with the music as well i get called that a lot why 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 is that interesting so that so that first that opening song yeah from the guardians yeah you it doesn't it never made it it was never a hit anywhere right. outside of st louis right so like as soon as it comes on, I'm just like, hey, I know this song. But we had radios where I was. Well, sure, but I feel like St. Louis and Kansas City, like there's there are songs that are like uh, ingrained into a region that were hits only in that region. And I huh. think James Gunn, uh, being from this area, like as a St. Louis kid watching this movie, these are all songs that were played on Casey when I was a kid. Yeah, they so were all played a, on KBPI. For me. Okay. Oh, they were. Yeah. Even the opening song. Yeah. Yeah. And and played by my cousins. And some of them played by my dad. And really. Yeah. And played on KIMN um, with okay. Paxton Mills in the morning. Um. Yeah. I mean, I, these are all songs that I knew. I mean, some of them are AM rock. Um, right. Sure. You know, and that was KIMN in Denver with uh, okay. the Kim Chicken who walked me to school one day. Long story. Is that a, is that a thing? That's a. They have a mascot. Kim Chicken. <laughs> Not uh, whatever the KC mascot is? I don't know what the KC mascot Oh, the dog? No, the pig. Pig. Okay, that's yeah, a pig. pig. Whatever. Yeah, it's a pig with sunglasses. Yeah, it's, it is a pig with sunglasses. You're yep. right. Sweet uh, meat. That's what it's called. Sweet meat. Oh, there you go. Right, yeah, no, 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 those are all those are all familiar songs to me. And now they're okay. all familiar songs to my son for the same reason is, yeah. you know, you you they you listen to them. So, no, I don't, I mean, I don't, I'm not well versed enough in what was a hit or what wasn't a hit. Um, okay. But none of those were foreign to me, and it had everything to do with KBPI, um, KIMN, AM, and my cousins and my dad. Like my older cousins, you know, they would have that music on, and they would, you know, they would come to Colorado to get Coors because you could only get Coors <laughs> there at the time. And you know, and we would, they, I would think that they were the coolest guys going, man. That was uh yeah drinking drinking bush and uh, listening to Casey in the eighties with uh if you could imagine my dad in like eighties style shorts yeah no. barbecuing on the back deck <laughs> see there you go yeah so I I, I yeah I, I, that music is more universal I'm gonna guess than that's interesting I always like 
as I'm listening to it, I just assumed, especially that first. Well, I can't remember the name of that first song, but that first which, song. Which was, song are you talking? Which so when with Kurt Russell, young Kurt Russell is driving in Missouri, uh, with Star Lord's mom. Oh, you're talking about two? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay. Part two. Okay. Like that song was a massive song here in town. Right. Okay. But like you went to you know Kansas, you or you went to Detroit or you went to Chicago, maybe not so much. Right. Right. Kind of like same uh, back to Sammy Hagar. Like Sammy Hagar plays in, I don't know, Florida, and he can fill a maybe what eight thousand seat arena. He comes to St. Louis, he's selling out Scott Trade or Enterprise, whatever you want to call it. Right. So yeah, I think we're gonna wrap it up here. Uh, first of all, thank you so much for taking the time out. I oh no problem, no problem. Happy to do it. And again, do you have let's let's plug some stuff. So what else? You've got the the post, obviously. Yeah, the post-dispatch coverage there, um, sceltoday.com. Um, sort of a quiet week here that we're coming up, um, or a quiet period in baseball. Um, but it all starts revving up, I guess, probably a little bit after Thanksgiving um, into the winter meetings, and we'll have tons of coverage from the winter meetings there in Las Vegas. Um, that's the first few weeks of December. Um, so, yeah, sceltoday.com. There's the chat every Monday there. Um, we're coming up on one where I'll host it on Monday. Um, that tends to be a free-for-all uh, of cardinal um, arguments. And, you know, then uh, um, we have the podcast, the best podcast in baseball. We're getting close to year seven of the best podcast. Oh, doing the show? Baseball. Look at you guys. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, That's great. It's a very good podcast, by the way. Well, thanks. It, I, yeah, I, I'm always looking for ways to improve it. So, um, you know, I, I really I, – I, people – probably don't think i'm sincere but i am i like go and read the reviews of it because i'm like all right what can i do how can i do this and i listen to other podcasts trying to figure out like all right what can how can we improve this what do people want um you know what 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 can we do better and i wish i wish that i could get more into an audio storytelling type sure the uh the time just isn't there so that's the goal eventually maybe maybe i'm able to pull that off um but for now we'll, we'll go through it um i was looking through here um, my, uh, my friend and I, you'd be interested in this, J. Yeah. AJ Bailey, who, who, uh, writes about sports here in St. Louis. Um, we came up with, we thought, you know, everybody in baseball, I, I you were asking me about the plug stuff and I was feverishly looking through my notes trying to find this. And I finally <laughs> did as you asked me this question. Um, everything in baseball is, you know, a- analytics, right? So there's a metric for everything. Sure. And so we're like, what if we took that same approach that they use to find the value or true value of pitching and the true value of hitting and applied that to uh, movies? Okay. okay. We, uh, we came up with a scale here. Five step, you know, there's five categories. One is the, and this is for particularly for, for, uh, for superhero movies. So okay. into the wheelhouse. All right. So one is impact on genre. Two is cinematic quality. Three is faithfulness to a source. Four is casting proficiency. And five is like kind of the encore, encore quotient. Like how often do you want to watch it again and again? Okay. Um, you know, because that's part of the fun, right? Like Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Something. So something can be great and you watch it once and you're exhausted by it. That's not necessarily the idea here. Um, so those are pretty clear. Like the impact on genre, what did it do to the overall genre? Uh, cinematic quality how good of a movie it actually was faithfulness to source, meaning how true to the original comic or source material was it um, casting proficiency makes sense. Okay. So encore. Um, and so everything is on a 10 point scale 
um, you can have like uh, like casting proficiency, right? Two movies can share a ten. Okay, okay. But cinematic quality um, and impact to genre. I'm sorry, impact to genre. There can't be multiple tens. So you only get one ten. You only get one ten. Yeah. Okay. You know, and and so every new movie kind of you have to if it has any sort of impact, you kind of have to reshuffle it. You know. So we'll say if Captain Marvel comes out or when Captain Marvel comes out, and that is a ten. Yeah. You can shuffle the previous ten to the nine. Right. Right. Okay. That's right. Do you do point like nine point five or just so straight? we talked about that. We talked about that. <laughs> um, uh, we uh, one of the one of the reasons why that came up is because of Black Panther. Sure. Is you know how does that fit into the? So maybe we're revisiting it, but um, but so we uh we went through this here recently, um, and uh, yeah, as you'd expect, you know, like, I mean, I think you you know some of them, some of them, you know. Like Thor Ragnarok, what impact on the genre did that really have? But, you know, I mean, it introduced sort of a whimsical Taka Watiti to it. it it's true, it did. Yeah, you know? very much so. Um, a Technicolor kind of, um, it certainly brought out Thor's comedic side in a Which good way. Which it doesn't get talked about enough. And is that Hemsworth is very funny. And it could make that, I mean, it could make Hemsworth the longest serving um, character. Right? Maybe, maybe, yeah. Because Thor could outlast everybody and Hemsworth yeah. continues well, and on. We know that we're probably going to lose Captain America. Right, and probably. Iron Man. Maybe. See, if, if if Disney were smart, they could just be like, can you just phone in your dialogue and we'll just put it into, like, the new Jarvis? Yeah, no, that'd be something. But, but I think we're going to lose Chris Evans. Yeah, I mean, it sure sounds that way, And but Hemsworth could go on, and if Hemsworth goes on, one of the big reasons why will be Ragnarok. I agree completely. Um, because of how that informed even what he became in 4. So, anyway, so this is, uh, so I thought you'd appreciate that. You know, that I do. We, um, so we went through, uh, you know, like uh, some surprise movies, maybe. Um, you know, obviously Dark Knight does well. I mean, oh, you went, you went full superhero across the board. We did everything. Yeah. Oh, buddy. All right. Yeah, we did them all. Did you get to Dolph Lundgren, the Punisher? We did not go back that oh, okay. far. Right. Um, however, um, a sleeper to score very high on this. Yeah. And because, and one of the reasons why I score so high is because it, um, it allowed for the Marvel, for the MCU to exist. Okay. And slingshot and just was the slingshot that brought um, that showed that you could make a popular comic book movie, a popular comic book hero, and a great movie all at once. That this was possible. Uh-huh. Spider-Man Two. Oh, hands down. Out of the out of the stuff that is non MCU related, mm-hmm. that has to be one of the best. Yeah, and it scores really high. Yeah, because of the, because of its impact on the genre and all the other stuff. I mean, it's a quality movie and. Um, you know, it, it, its faithfulness to the source was really good. Sure. Um, you know, and it became this love story for the villain, which, you know, oh, brought yeah. us the conflicted villains later in the MCU. I mean, it's just, it made it all work. Yeah, um, I agree. And another one that scored really high is, uh, um, is Deadpool. The first one. Oh, speaking of that, I'm glad you said that. Are you going to take the kiddo to the PG 13 Deadpool? Uh, he already saw the. Oh, well, never mind then. <laughs> The Deadpool 2. Okay. Um, lots of conversation in our family. I bet there was. I bet there was. 
This one yeah. apparently they're going to bookend it uh, Princess Bride style with Deadpool reading a story to Fred Sav- Fred Savage. Yes, I am looking. I will like. Are they going to show that in theaters? Oh yeah. This is oh, this is this is Marvel's. That. I think this is uh, Disney and Marvel's test to see if Deadpool can work in a PG thirteen environment. That's what I think. Well, Venom taught us maybe it can't. Uh, critically, yes. Financially, no. Doesn't matter, right? Yeah. I mean, financially, that thing is. I mean, it made more money than Justice League. Yeah. Which is insane I've never seen to me. Justice League. Don't. Like just you can just never I mean, saw it. Yeah, it's for the best. That and Titanic, I've never seen. I've never seen Titanic. Look at that. So, so yeah, so we'll we'll uh, we'll we'll wrap this up. Once yeah, again, I just wanted to follow. share that with you. Yeah, we did. No, that's all. fantastic. Yeah. Like I maybe send me something and I will send that to the boys and see what they think. All right, I'll uh, uh, put it all together on napkins and in a notebook. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, once again, you can follow the show at Real Spoilers. That's real with two e's. Uh, across all social media platforms don't forget to sign up for the patreon for the low low cost of five dollars a month you get the interview with derek you get the interview with rich hanley you get uh all of the inter- all of the extra podcasts uh, i believe we're going to record one on suspiria here in a little bit die hard uh halloween halloween 2 because that's my jam and i talked to the guy into doing it uh again and don't forget to join up for the league of show shares it's a better place to join the conversation uh you can follow me on twitter at Joey Butts, B-U-T-T-S 21. And Derek, do you want to give out your social media info? I am at D Gould on Twitter. And then uh, it's uh, Derek Gould's Birdland on Facebook. Um, Instagram is, I don't know, I think it's at D Gould on Instagram too. Uh, yeah, and that that's it. Those are, those are, that's it. Hey, we didn't even talk about Tom King or Mr. Miracle or any, we could have gone on forever. I, you know what? I have a feeling there's going to be a part two. Okay. Yeah, of, of the, Derek Gould comic spin rack episodes. Yeah, we we should we should we should dive into some of the more modern or some of the current writers. Love we could just talk for forty five minutes about Tom King. I could talk for yes, you're right because he's awesome. You should read his Superman story. The only way you can get it is in the Walmart comics that I'm having to buy. I uh, read it when he posted uh, some of the pages on Twitter. It's awesome. It's fantastic. He's really all right. Good. We gotta we I gotta wrap it up. You're gonna we're gonna talk for another three hours. All right. All right. All right. Thanks, guys. See you later. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.